Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Marketing Mondays with Meg. I'm Meg Hewer, and I'm here with my producer, Matt Heyer from Berg Brothers Media. Hey, Matt. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm doing my first podcast today, and I'm really excited that you're with us. So at least somebody is, is listening. <laughs> So if you're a business owner who wants to learn how to use marketing to grow your business, then this podcast is for you. So I decided to do this podcast because one of the biggest things I hear from in my marketing practice is that business owners are confused about all the different kinds of marketing that's available to them. Uh, you know, people tell them, oh, you need a website, you need an Instagram, you need a Facebook page, you need LinkedIn, you need digital ads, you need video. They are so confused. They don't know what they need and they don't even know where to get started. Or they don't don't know why. Or why, right. Yeah, for sure. So it's so confusing. And on top of that, there's a lot of marketing people out there taking advantage of entrepreneurs because they don't know what they're doing. And so they hire these people they think are experts and they're really not. They're being taken advantage of. And I just hate that. So what I'm doing is creating a community where business owners can get some honest marketing advice and not stuff from a textbook or a bunch of theories. This is real life. I'm a brand and marketing strategist with over 25 years of marketing experience and I've owned my own business for over nine years. And my guests are real business owners who have built great brands and are killing it with their marketing. And I think hearing from people who are doing it successfully can motivate you and inspire you to take your marketing to the next level. So let's jump into today's topic. Today I want to talk about a mistake that so many entrepreneurs make. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that most entrepreneurs do this and the reason I know it is because I did it. So what happens is people quit their job, you know, they have a great job, they decide they're going to leave and start their own business and they're so anxious to start making money that they, they get their idea and then they start selling and they skip this whole step in between, which is a really important step. And so what is that? It's, it's the, the part where you figure out what your brand is. It's the part where you figure out what your plan is. So I get that though. I understand why people do it. And I did the same thing. When I started my business, I left a really good paying job at CBS. Uh, I was working for one of the CBS TV stations. And I kind of left abruptly because I wanted to start my own business, but I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have a marketing strategy. I didn't have a brand for my business. I just knew that I had to quickly replace that income. Um, So I just went out into the marketplace and said, hey, I'm a media buyer and a marketing consultant. And I started selling my services. And it was a huge mistake. Had I taken the time to figure out what I was really doing and had I created a brand for my business, I would have grown a whole lot faster. It took me a lot longer to get there because I skipped that step. And and I don't want you to do that. So that's really what we're going to talk about today. So um, the first thing you want to do, let me say this. Here's, Here's an example for you. If you start out and you go out into the marketplace and say, hey, I'm a web developer or I'm a financial planner, everyone in your industry is saying the exact same thing. You've got to say something different. You've got to give people a reason to buy from you, especially if you're in a really crowded space where you have a lot of competition. You have to differentiate yourself in some way. So this morning, I'll give you a great example. I was actually 
getting dressed. I had the TV on. I was listening to an ad for a personal injury attorney. And he was going on and on about, you know, if you get hurt, give me a call. And I'm listening to that thinking, why would I use you? He didn't give me any reason to call him. He didn't say anything that every other personal injury attorney is saying on TV. So, I, you know, you have to give people a reason why to use you. And that's what we're talking about today. That's how you create the, your position in the marketplace, create something that's unique and different. And so I have a five-step framework that I use with my clients to kind of take them through that process. And so I'm going to share that with you today. And you can start to implement that into your business right away. So the first step is figuring out what is your purpose. It's your why, right? It's not what you do. It's why you do it. So maybe you're a business coach and you're passionate about helping people figure out how to take their hobby and create a business out of it. That's a great why, right? You're going to really help somebody create a business out of something they love. Um, your why should not be that you're trying to escape corporate America. I see so many people say that. Why are you starting your business? Because I hate my job. You know, I hear it all the time. That's not a good reason. So your why has to be what you're passionate about, how you're helping others, why you're helping others. And uh, that enthusiasm that you have will really propel your business. So the second step is what problem do you solve for your customers? So in order for your business to be sustainable, you need to solve a problem for a particular group of people. So I've actually heard business owners say, well, I'm trying to create a need in the marketplace. Let me tell you, you're better off climbing a mountain than trying to create a need. I think it's like you can't really create the need. you got to find it. you got to find the need. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, well, I've got this really great idea. You know, I've got an idea. But if nobody needs your idea, then, it, you know, you might have a cool idea, but it's not going to be leading to a sustainable business. It's not something you're going to be able to create a business around. So the third step is... Who are your competitors, right? You need to know who else is in your marketplace. And it's not because you want to copy what they're doing, because if you copy them, then you don't have anything that makes you unique and different. So that's the worst thing you can do. But you want to see what they're doing. What's the opportunity in the marketplace? What are they not doing, you know? So then you know how to position yourself against them. It's a really important step. I actually had a client a couple of years ago say to me, I really don't care what my competitors are doing. All I care about is what I'm doing. And I was like, well, geez, that's really short-sighted. So know what your competitors are doing. It's a really important step. And then the fourth step is, what is your competitive advantage? It's so important that you, you, you know what your, what your advantage is, what your thing is that you do differently or better than everyone else. And in fact, this is such an important step that we're going to be doing a whole episode on figuring out your competitive advantage in a couple of weeks. So what is it that you do that no one else is doing? You know, what do you do that makes your customers happier or healthier or stronger or wealthier? You've got to figure out what that is. Maybe it's the speed by which you deliver your services. Um, and if you don't know what that is, then you got to figure that out. And that's not an easy process yeah. because sometimes 
you know, sometimes a photographer is just a photographer. You know, you've got to figure out how can I do this differently so that I can take it to the marketplace and give people a reason to buy from me. Right, Matt? Yeah. You agree? Yeah, but I was going to say, uh, would, you, would you suggest, uh, sometimes I suggest to people, especially if they're in a client-oriented business or they're around a lot of people, to ask them, like, how do you feel unfulfilled by this business? Like, you use this other service. How, how is it unfulfilling? And people, you'll find that people will tell you it's not fast enough. Uh, their website doesn't work as well. I would rather be able to just go online and purchase whatever. And then once you start hearing all of those problems, then you found the need. You found people's Absolutely. need. Absolutely. So I think people really underestimate the power of the survey, you know, and For sure. especially with, you know, friends that you can trust their opinion. And, you know, you talk to people that use the services. That's always a step that people seem to skip. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's such an important piece of this whole thing. And again, the reason you don't go from creating your idea to going out and selling it. You really need to take these steps in between so that when you go out into the marketplace, you have something to say, you know? So the last step in this then is the fifth step is who's your ideal customer? Because if you don't know who your customer is, they're never going to find you. You know, if you don't know who they are, how are they going to be able to identify you? So how, how do you figure out who that person is? You need to look at a number of things. One is how old are those people? You know, so if you're already in business, if you've been in business for a while, one of the hints I tell people is take a look at your best customers, right? And find more of those people, you know, and the ones you don't want to work with, figure out what they have in common so you don't work with them anymore either. So you want to find those people that you know you can really super serve, that you can do a really good job for. And so you want to try to figure out what do those people have in common? What is their age? What is their sex? Where do they live? What's their marital status? What's their education? What's their income? What are their hobbies? What do they do on the weekends? Where do they hang out? You know, really build that, um, you know, people now say avatar. You know, I've heard customer profiles, lots of different ways of saying it. But build that picture of what that is. And then you really have a clear picture of who your customer is. And then you know where to look for them, right? Once you know who your customer is, you know how to go and find them. So for example, my customer is typically a man in his late 40s to mid 50s. He has a college degree. Sometimes they have an advanced degree like an MBA or a, a law degree. They're married. They have children. They own their own business or they're a partner in the business um, or a partner in the law firm. They're affluent. They're well-connected in their community. They know lots of people. They belong to a country club. They play golf. I mean, you can see I'm not saying my customer is a guy in his late 40s, early 50s. I can, I've gotten down to the nitty-gritty, and that's what you need to do. You need to go really deep on this so that you know who they are. And once you figure out who that is, then you can go find them, right? So let's say, for example, you, your business, you're an interior designer and your target customer is a woman in her 30s or 40s who has a new home and um, wants to decorate their house. So probably the best place to find them is going to be like on Instagram and Pinterest. And maybe, um, you know, they have school-age kids if they're in their 30s and early 40s. So maybe you sponsor some events at the local schools or something yeah. like that. It makes it really easy for you to find those people 
if you know who they are. What would you, what would you suggest to like the, uh, the business owner that is just starting and maybe they have an idea of two or three different types of people? Like maybe they're not sure, like, okay, like you have yours down very pat. You have a very good idea of who your niche audience is. But maybe for somebody starting out, what are some things they can do to start narrowing that down? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I get that question a lot. And, and the thing is, you, don't, you can work with whoever you want, right? But you have to go out into the marketplace and say something. So if I always tell people to go in, out into the marketplace with one avatar and say, this is who I work with. Think about Geico. They go out into the marketplace. The thing they push is car insurance, but they actually sell all kinds of insurance. But take something, just take one thing, right? Yeah. Figure out what's your most profitable option and go after that first. You can still work with those other people, but you have to lead with something. And if you say too much, like I work with these people and these people and these people and these people, it gets confusing. What are your thoughts on like uh, A and B testing, like doing some A and B marketing testing? Like I've suggested to people, you know, if you have an idea of like maybe a demographic of women and a demographic of men, create two similar but slightly different ads, maybe push one on Pinterest, push one on LinkedIn or, you know, how do you feel about that? Well, I think you want to do that testing in in the uh, before you go to market yeah, phase. In the early phase yeah, you early on, you want to figure out who can, who really needs this service yeah. and who can I super serve? You can, before you do your ads, I would certainly test your ads, but n figure out who that customer is ahead of time, mm -hmm. you know, because um, for example, I'll give you another great example. I love this one. I use this one all the time. There's a law firm called Cordell and Cordell. They do, um, uh, div they're divorce attorneys, but they service only men. So they, there. If you hear anything they they say or any of their content they put out in the world, they talk about the fact that they they work with men going through divorce who want to get the best custody they can of their children and retain retain as much of their assets as they can. That's really powerful, right? Super powerful. So if you're going to go and and you're considering, you know, I'm a guy, I'm getting divorced. Who am I going to talk to? You talk to these guys, or then you talk to somebody who says, yeah, I'm a divorce attorney. I have lots of customers, and they, they love me, you know? No. Who are you going to pick? You're going to pick the one that says, hey, listen, I'm going to help you, and here's why I'm going to help you. It's a really strong thing. But the scary part about doing that is that when you say, I am only going to work with men, then you're saying, I am not going to work with the other 50% of the population. And that freaks business owners out, think, understandably, yeah. you know? I think one, one thing that people also have trouble wrapping their head around, though, is how many people are out there. Like, look at, uh, you know, people that service these really niche industries, like either in food or fashion or whatever, and they only service one very small demographic within there. There's still enough people to service their business. Now, if you want to be like a Walmart, if you want to grow your company into, like, an enormous corporation like Walmart or Apple, then you do have to think very broad, but... For sure, but it's not, but I think it is. It's a lot better to start with a niche, really like really pick a small niche audience, go after them, and then later once you expand your company, maybe that's when you can start branching out and offering other services. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think that's really it's important that you can say that this is my audience. I know who it is, and because I've worked with them before, I really am an expert in this. And people hire people that are experts. They they want you to be able to really help them. And if you're wishy-washy about what you do and who you serve, then it's not gonna resonate with them.
yeah, there's just too many choices out there. Now. Yeah, for sure. And so this is a whole much bigger discussion, and we're going to actually get into this in another, we'll do a whole podcast on this. Um, and if you are interested in seeing this framework, I actually can send it to you. Um, I have it all built out. Um, it's sort of hard sometimes if you're in your car listening to this or whatever, you might have missed some of the steps. Um, shoot me an email if you want to see it. I can send it, send it to you. Um, I'm at M-H-U-W-A-R at thebrandaccelerator.com. So I can send that over to you. So at the end of each podcast, I will be giving three practical marketing tips that you can implement into your business right away to change how you're doing things and really transform your business. So today I have three things for you based on the conversations we just had. So the first one is figure out who your top five competitors are. See what they're doing and what they're not doing so you can see where your opportunities are. Um, I think that's really important. So it's just a little exercise you can do on your, you know, when you have a few minutes. The second thing is create your customer avatar. Figure out exactly who your customer is. If you're one of those people who's saying, hey, I work with small business owners, that is way too broad. You've got to, to figure out exactly what does that look like. It's not bad to start there. It's a good place to start. Exactly. It's a great place to start, but then start filling it in. Pretend you're going to like draw a picture of this person. What does this person look like? Get really detailed. And a lot of people never take the time to do that. Yeah, because like you were saying, like I feel like also when people start thinking about niche audiences, they start getting really scared. And, oh, for sure. You know, and, and it seems like this really big task. But in reality, it's like you got to think, if you plan on having this business for 20-plus years, taking one year out to really research your market and put effort into finding that niche is nothing. You know? it is. And it could also be everything. It could also make or break your for business. For sure. And it may not take a year. It may yeah. take a couple months. You just have to spend that time and figure it out because you're going to, you, otherwise you're going to flounder for the first couple of years. You're going to take any business that comes along from anyone that does it, you know, anyone that's going to give you business, and then you kind of dilute your superpower, right? You're just all over the board. You're doing anything. If you can really niche down and say, this is who I serve, this is what I do, you're going to get a lot further a lot faster. Um, and the third thing is to figure out why people should buy from you. What is that? And, to, and just so often I see that, you know, they just hang out their shingle. And again, they say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a photographer or um, I'm a financial planner. There's tons of them. And if you don't have a reason for people to buy from you, then you become a commodity, right? You will look the same as everyone else in your space, and in the end, they're going to take the one that's the cheapest because you all look the same. You all do the same thing. So I'm just going to pick the cheapest one, right? And that, if you're that one, if you're that guy that's the cheapest one, you are in a race for the bottom. You will never have a sustainable business. So spend some time this week figuring out what is your reason. What reason do you give people to buy from you and not from somebody else? And if you can't figure that out, it's okay. That can be, it sounds really easy, right, Matt? It's yeah. like, oh, it's really easy. You can just spend a couple of minutes. Why, you know, what, what reason do you have? You start really thinking about it, it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's where it comes into, you know, surveying your friends and family, figuring out what other businesses are similar to you and looking at all their services and then asking people that use that business, you know, what, what do you wish that they could do that they're not doing for you? And those are the things that you can start adding to your repertoire that makes you stand out. 
makes you different and allows you to compete in that market. So. For sure. And I would ask the customer, like, identify who your customer is and ask them. Yeah. If I bring this to market, is this really what you need? Yep. Is this really what you want? Or, and this is what I'm thinking about doing with it. Can, should I change it a little bit? You know, get some input so that when, you know, too often we don't ask the people that we want to serve. We just take it to the market and see what happens. We don't even know if they want it. Or at least the way we built it, you know, should I build it differently? Um, so I think that's it for today. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any upcoming episodes and feel free to send me your feedback and any questions you have so we can, we can talk about that in future episodes. And if, and if you'd like more information on me or my company brand accelerator, please visit our website, which is thebrandaccelerator.com. And thanks for being a part of this episode of, of Marketing Mondays with Meg. And thanks again to my producer, Matt Heyer from Berg Brothers Media. You are awesome. We appreci I appreciate it. And join me next week when Tori Mystic of Wear, Wag, Repeat will be my guest. We'll be talking about uh, her brand that she put together. She took her passion for dogs and fashion and created this really cool lifestyle brand. So there's lots of great lessons in there from Tori, so don't miss it. So until next week, be sure to inspire other business owners because together we can change the world. Have a great day. Awesome. Get clear.